the man, the myth, the legend, the 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 creator that he is heading around the whole place. Our phone's coming on. There he is. <laughs> well, have 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 you have you some spare cash that you would put into buying up shares of the SMWS? Oh yeah, I mean this book fundraiser <laughs> stuff is you know, it, ring fenced for <laughs> personal investment. I'll be in chains next year. <laughs> but to be honest, I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, all that seems to ha- have happened is that the the seals in China are down a bit. Um, if you don't sell it today, whiskey. The quality of stuff they're buying, they're not buying a shitty green whiskey, you know. So, I think it's a no brainer, anyway. Anyway, anyway, no, I was quoting you to the judge. So, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> all you have to do is just say, uh, Justin, go and speak to Justin McCartney because he told me that was a no brainer <laughs> as you get led away. Your Honor, I refer you to this YouTube video <laughs> <laughs> as a piece of evidence, <laughs> citation one, yeah, uh, anyway. You've been off and you've been away off in your gallivanting travels because you've got a whole new project up and running. Yes, yeah. Tell us about up it. And, on up and on the run, um, but uh, um, I've been away for about three weeks. Um, I I um, I was in Italy and then up. We basically drove from the just south of Naples up through through France. Um, we got home a couple of days ago, really. Hardship, um, I know, yeah. Well, uh, you say that jokingly until you've been in the car for five hours with five other lads uh, no, <laughs> on the road for two weeks. <laughs> um, uh, you know, yeah. France starts to lose its luster. Um, <laughs> um, hey, tell, tell us about the new project, tell us about the new book, tell us about the fundraising, what you've been doing, and, and why you're doing it. Yeah, so all of this has been about uh, a book that I'm currently writing and by currently I mean like I started the first actual good bit of writing when I got back from Europe um the um so it's 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 very very early days yeah uh, it's in the planning for or it's been in the planning for years um it's I mean I have a 20,000 word document on my laptop that's just been kind of spitballing this stuff and when I was writing the thesis I eventually had to kind of stop opening it because I knew if I opened it I would do no thesis work yep. for the rest of the day. Um, so it's, 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 the book is just starting, but it's, 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 I've been quiet about it for, for years. Um, I mean, virtually from the day a glass apart came out, people started asking, you know, <laughs> when's the next one before they even read the book. <laughs> people, people just, you know, um, they don't know what they want really. Um, and it'll be the same are with you, this one. Are no. you trying to say that the, the great the great public are a bunch of But they fucked me paste. Now on that charismatic note, uh, <laughs> not, not, not opportunity the, of the public to fund this. Uh, not the so, not the people who have funded it. They're great people. But yeah, no, but no great bunch. Um, no, uh, so this this has been on on the cards for a long time, and it's it kind of changed. It was a real kind of COVID project, mm. to be honest. Like everyone. Took up something in COVID. Uh, I, I took up drafting this bloody thing, and um, and originally it looked a lot more like a kind of a traditional whiskey book. And I didn't. I, it kind of took me a while to to get the kind of courage to to um, part ways from that and write what I'm currently doing. Uh-huh. And uh, it was only really maybe last year when I read Dave Broom's most recent book, A Sense of Place. Yeah, and that had it did. Now this isn't that kind of book either, but it that had made such a departure from what whiskey writing looked like. And I thought, all right, there is, there is space to, to, to do things that are not just guides to whiskey and, you know, yep. um, kind of reference books or, or history books or, um, and there'd been just a lot of stuff that had come up during the, the thesis research, some of which is in the thesis in a very small way. And some of which isn't in it at all. Yeah. And all these kind of loose, loose bits of string had kind of piled up over the years um, and even outside the thesis, loose bits of strings with like conversations with people. Um, and so, for instance, um, I had been having a conversation with Eric for a good while, Eric Ryan down at Middleton, mm-hmm. uh, about um, lipid content and and malting and, and basically the malting process, reducing the fatty lipid content of barley. Mm-hmm. And he was basically saying, well, this is as close as I can get as to a reason as to why pot still is oily. And these kinds of conversations that had come up that holy shit i would really love to pursue that further you know and and and, and chase that topic down yeah um, or the, these kinds of things have just been piling up 
for years. And then I've been doing these projects anyway with distilleries, just, you know, yeah, odd. Yeah, oh, yeah. so it all kind of bubbled away until it hit kettle point. And, <laughs> and now here we are. Um, and um, I had a, sat down with a few publishers, um, including the, the previous publisher of A Glass Apart. And unfortunately, a lot of what was there was an appetite for the general guide to Irish whiskey. That was the usual answer I got was, we like yeah. the idea, but we don't like the idea. How about you write, you know, <laughs> beginner's guide to Irish, Irish whiskey in, you know, <laughs> under 10 seconds. As, and, the, uh, as, the, as they used to say, it's good, but it's not right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, um, anyway, uh, the fundraising project was 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 kind of half that and half pre-sales of the book kind mm -hmm. of put together as a bundle so that we could go to publishers and kind of make the point that there is in fact an appetite for something like this and um, so it's it's it, it itself materialized out of nowhere well out of out of pure fate and accident so yeah. when uh when i was doing the thesis stuff with boan um I, you know i got a kind of personal principle I, I didn't take money off them um but at the end they kind of came up to me and said well you know pick a cask which which one do you want and i wasn't going to turn down a cask of my own thesis no. so i kind of pointed all right i want that one um I, I, was... just just on that point i've bought another two boxes that have appeared at auction and stuff because i can't i genuinely can't wait for the end product uh so i have i think i have about six of the boxes because <laughs> so, mm. i know i know going forward that they, 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 these are these are going to be a special thing going forward whenever those, those, those casks actually come to fruition um the, the, the book you, you've sort of touched on what the book isn't more than what the book's going to be so what exactly is the book going to be for people who don't know book is so it's called crater which everybody in ireland would know is a slang word for whiskey but you know might be a bit more peculiar for people outside although I used to think this was a totally uniquely Irish word. And Charlie McLean told me, no, no, no. A few people up in the Highlands used to say crater, but they'd have a, be of a very older generation. Mm -hmm. um, so again, uh, but but certainly still a very, very common word in Ireland. For, for no, we um, also, also use it as a term up here, certainly up here, where you turn out a uh, uh, poor wee crater. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's part of it too, is this strange, you know, sense of like something a bit wretched kind of under the element you know uh, and it had all this i mean for me when i heard people say oh you know i mean even i knew people who would talk in kind of hushed tones about people who were overly fond of whiskey and they would say he's, he's fond of the crater you know and there was all this eerie kind of slight social guilt about it you know and all of that for me is is really and interesting that that side of it there is a kind of almost mystique a kind of a spirit and then similarly, like on the flip side, mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, obviously it's from the word, it's from creature. Uh, and I wanted to write a book that would kind of discuss whiskey less as a kind of a, a sum of all its brands and bottles on shelves and reviews thereof. And back to a created thing, to a thing made out of raw materials, yeah. out of agriculture, out of history by real people. And and that idea of creation of of the of a created thing, yeah, um, you know, and that's 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 why the name stuck, you know. Um, yeah, but the thing, the thing about the other thing about whiskey is that although the methods have changed, the actual what you do can't really change that much. You know, it's not really it, it's a fairly simple process, really, when you think about it. You make basic beer and you boil it, you know. And yeah, there's okay, there's very elaborate ways of different things of doing it, oh, this and all that. But at its core, it's a fairly simple thing that hasn't changed in any great way since it was since it was invented. Well, it's also I think we've lost because we've had it so long, we've kind of lost the innocence of seeing how strange the process is in the first place. Yeah. We forget it's literally beer that has been evaporated and recondensed, and there is something kind of elemental about doing this. Yeah. Uh, and um, when you you only feel that when you explain it to someone for the first time of what distillation is, okay, um, it's basically okay. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it's, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and 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 again, I wanted to bring it back to first principles and 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 really talk about. I think Irish whiskey. It's it's a book that kind of pretends to be about the past and is really about the present. Um, it's it's talking about these <coughs> historical processes, but with 
a kind of a current generation. I think we're we're certainly living in what seems to be a kind of a golden generation of producers. It's, it's just we are at such a crossroads of yeah. what Irish distilling could be. Yeah, uh, and I, I felt there was time for a, a kind of a long look back, but a way that kind of pulled from the past to look at the present and 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 across historical topics, across productional topics, and and. It, it, again, it, it, it kind of took shape over time that there would be, so that the book is divided into 24 chapters. You know, each one is is a creature and it's um, they're all named after throwaway lines from um, from historical sources, whether they be from <laughs> reports or newspaper clippings or stuff that I found that I thought was a bit cute. Um, and um, so, for instance, there's one on what happened to Irish whiskey in, in Prohibition and how it was consumed in America beforehand and how it has been consumed since. And yeah. it's like broad. And the, the title of that chapter is, I must admit some bias, for it was I who first brought the highball to America. <laughs> Bartender in, in New York, uh, a guy named Patrick Gavin Duffy, um, who was, uh, again, originally from, from Roscommon, but he wrote a book called The Mixer's Manual, which was um, the first kind of big cocktail book after Prohibition was repealed. And he had been a, a mixologist before Prohibition kicked in. And he was kind of setting the record straight, saying, well, this is how we made drinks back when people knew how to make drinks. Yeah. And none of this bathtub stuff. But what's interesting, he makes this probably bullshit claim. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, it was me personally who first brought the highball to America. Are you trying um, to say an Irishman made claims of than actually yeah. did himself? So they're all they're all kind of lines like this that are kind of diving off points into into topics, you know. Yeah. Um, so. it, uh, it, it, as soon as I seen it, the first day I, you sent me an email, uh, I think it was you sent me an email, asked me that I signed up that day because just I think the whole program just. I mean, you do that. You're one of the. I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure Scotland has a version of you. I know Charlie McLean probably would be something very similar, but. I'm not hundred percent sure that Charlie McLean would, would replicate you. We're we're so lucky to have you. Uh, but is the is the membership is the the membership still open? Can people still sign yeah up yeah? To... Um, so th again, this cask of whiskey, I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I, uh, I I had no real plans for it. I thought I'll just sit on it and bathe in it someday and try <laughs> to wash away my warts. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, this this opportunity came up to you know again fund the book. Now it's a terrible way to raise money because the you know revenue obviously takes a big chunk of it. Um, the um, and it was it was eased off because um, obviously you know it's complicated enough to sell alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I literally just gave the cast to two stacks, and, uh, and two stacks are now selling it and sponsoring the book on behalf. So it was a great little bit of you know um, again not fancy footwork but a, a mechanism for for funding everything that was clean and above board and and would allow me not to have to think too much about it uh, so yeah. it's currently sitting up at two stacks um but uh the idea is that the cask will fund the book and again there's an offer really what it's doing honestly like you know when when you take kind of the big i say 40 percent goes straight to revenue um out and then a big chunk goes to the publisher as a pre-sale for a book uh, and then what's left, you know, a lot of it goes to Marcus to pay for <laughs> you buy super noodles with travel. Yeah. And then, you know, um, a lot of it's again, just, just staying over to places while we're traveling. Mm -hmm. um, and um, anyway, it, it allowed us to kind of write the kind of book we, we wanted to write. You know, I, I was determined. Um, I've, I've never made a big secret about being disappointed with the way the design was handled with the glass apart, the reprint. Uh, really kind of broke my heart and I, I wanted to make sure that that did not happen a second time. Yeah. So I was, you know, Marcus is, is amazing and fantastic. And, and I, again, it was important for me to, to, to kind of get reassurances from the things that aren't just text, you know, and, and, and this has allowed a lot of that to happen, whether it's again, court a publisher on our own terms or have that kind of caliber of, mm -hmm. of photography and imagery. Um, and obviously like for those who don't know Marcus, Marcus is a, photographer and designer who works in the drinks industry so again very much a whiskey person as well as a photography person yeah um so it's it's early days the first big and by far the biggest expense was the first two chapters um which are about the early history of spirits and and that's yeah. why it was over in in france and italy so we we're still selling off the we've only sold about 40 percent you know it's a, it's a big ask because first of all there's almost no potential for immediate flipping so that deteriorate 
the interest if we're if we're being honest um and then of course you know you have to sit on it even if you do intend to drink it or you intend to invest in it or whatever um you're still waiting four years so the the idea is that we'll bottle it when it becomes a seven-year-old and the seven-year-old thing was a kind of a nod back to like well not a drop sold till it's seven years old. You know, Bow Street was a seven-year-old. Cumber was a seven-year-old. Powers was a seven-year-old. Yeah. Before an old pot still mash, it, it kind of romantically made sense. And I also just wanted technically to keep it young enough that it's still distillate driven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now speaking of distillate driven, you were up at Hench. You were you've, you've you were up at Hench and done. Um, I, I had a look around and taste it there. There, new make. I mean, that, that's another whiskey in Ireland. You know, the, now they've now they've actually got a whiskey. Um, it's it's a remarkable place in many ways. There's lot, lots of yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of my time now is spent drinking new make. You know, <laughs> um, it's uh, and and that visit was part of that. Is you know, I'm I'm convinced that you know certainly coming from a kind of a commentary perspective, you know, a, a lot of the um, uh, a lot of what's out there right now is kind of difficult to get your hands on because there's a lot of white noise you know when you're talking about what is actually going on in irish whiskey and, and you're yeah i'm sure you guys feel that yourselves with the, the program is that you're just super saturated with news but there's so much news that it isn't that it's so ephemeral and fleeting and just brand releases of this or that and trying to get at the spine of what is yeah. what is going on and for me new make is is a very kind of tectonic <laughs> way of looking at, at what is going on you know and, and that's a long-term kind of idea yeah. again the book you know what I wanted to do with the book is there's, you know, kind of drams that I'm personally fond of that will feature in the book, uh, inevitably. But a lot of it is talking to distillers in warehouses with just pulls from casts or conversations yeah. what they're doing on the whole, rather the, than just. Fanon, you know, do you actually think it's it's as rosy in the Irish whiskey industry as you as you think it is? No, no. Um, <laughs> okay, good answer. The, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think again, it's it'll be a very sober day, and it is coming. It's it's just inevitable when it the is. first new distilleries closes. You know, well, I think I think I think with the best well in the world, there's a lot of the a lot of the smaller guys. Their business plans, to be honest, could be written on the back of an envelope. Um, I think a lot of them just thought, "Oh, you make it and build it, and they will come." Um, and and. I know for a fact that there's 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 a couple that are are struggling badly, um, for various reasons, um, and one of them I know for in particular, there I've I have some of their own spirit, and it's 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 young but it's delicious, it's really really good. But they thought, oh, we just build it, and then sure people just turn up and think. But um, yeah, so oh, I mean, it's, it's also, I mean, not to sound callous. But it's it, certainly coming from an historical perspective. It's just a fact of the industry. It has it all been, you know. So, like for instance, um, a question I've stopped answering that I used to get all the time from producers was, "When was the last distillery in X county?" Yeah. And they all put on their advertising first distillery in X number of years. And it's, it's actually it's it's fairly easy to look up. So I used to just send them out. It was this and that. And then I would start seeing these eerie kind of messages, like you know. We take great pride from the Macaulay and McCartney distillery, <laughs> such and such. And then you look at these distilleries, and it's like some place that lasted for four years. And, you know, <laughs> great spirit and blah blah blah. They're so full of shit. Um, <laughs> well, the thing about it, people, 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 you know, as you know, uh, people, people think about this great renaissance in Irish whiskey now. The big renaissance was at the sort of tail end of the 18th century, where the old they're just. They're just yeah, Thousands of them appeared out of nowhere. It's, it's also, you know, again, not everybody lasted possibly for good reason some of the time. You know, like what, what people, what's a lesser known kind of historical fact is that uh, the biggest bump by far in Irish distilling happened just after the 1823 reforms. Mm. Similar thing happened in Scotland. You know, the, the licensing system was reformed. And it was just massive, like, you know, huge leap up to, and then, that within 10 years fell to half of itself yeah. and then it grew up kind of slowly you know and yeah. uh and and those kinds of bumps occur in any any business you know um so it gives you a kind of a perspective of like well there's a certain kind of you know 
David Attenborough type type feeling you get watching the lion chase the gazelle. And you think yep. like, I can't really intervene. You know, it's not that I have any capacity to, even if I wanted to. But you know, um, it's it's it is coming. That that kind of giddy, you know, marketing yeah. statistic I, kind I, of I, quoting will will fade away. Well, you know, I, I mean, you know that there's that the pricing of Irish whiskey in comparison to Scotch is just. Um, hang on, you know, you've got people people turning around saying bottles of you know, five, ten year old whiskey is is uh, selling them for like a hundred quid a bottle and stuff, and then 16 year old whiskey going for like 800 quid. I mean, it's just come on, guys, it's nuts, it's nuts, you know, yeah. And it's, I mean, Europe, I've always found, gives you a kind of a or any other spirits category, drifting mm -hmm. outside of whiskey gives you a certain appreciation of how arbitrary some of it is so like i was down and i bought a bottle of 35 year old armagnac for less than 60 quid you know that wasn't unique you know um and it's only because armagnac now armagnac should be charging more than it does for itself but because yeah. it's financially the poor cousin to cognac you know it, it doesn't get away with the same pricing strategy and yeah. and similarly like you know when you look at irish whiskey now mm strange thing there is that Irish whiskey is very much the Armagnac to the cognac of scotch and yet you know yes yeah it's the that sort of inverse I I've been buying up bottles of cognac and, and Armagnac at auction and you're picking up you know 20 year old Armagnacs from the 1950s for like 35 quid I know it's it's embarrassing. I mean it is it's nuts of a bottle of grappa from the 1940s sitting over there that I paid something like 40 pound for um I mean, all of that kind of stuff is, is to me, it's those are they're just low hanging fruit. You just pick them off now. But in terms of pricing for Irish whiskey, it is that sort of supply and demand. There's a demand, and there's a very limited supply of aged stock, so the price went through the roof. But we know that the guys who are buying the casks or buying buying aged stock now and trying to charge a fortune for it, at some point they're all going to get caught out. Oh yeah. Just, I mean, it's just going to. Go, out from him below the feet. I mean, the City of London Police, I don't know if you saw the statement the other day, issued a, a formal warning against cask investment fraud. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's... and it's Yeah. But there, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is cask investment if you're doing it right. You, you, you know... It's but there's also fraud and there will be, you know... And, always and, and it's, it's, you know, I think... And, and, and that's not historically new either. You know, no. um, again, all this crack has been going on you know, I mean, you look in, in the history of Scotch whiskey, there's all this fuss made about the Patterson fraud, where there yeah. were these two brothers that lived large, basically on a pyramid scheme. They're, they're, you can do a walking tour of Edinburgh of these kind of large than life kind of, you know, um, Corinthian-looking columns and buildings that they, they built for themselves, and then the whole thing collapsed, and yeah. suddenly no bank would touch Scotch whiskey, you know, and Ireland never had... A Patterson fraud, really? Nothing of that scale. Well, nothing of that scale. Well, whiskey rang down in Copenhagen. Uh, I mean, was it? Like was to it... give you an idea of the of the of the of the the consequences of the Patterson fraud, really, was because of that. You know, DCL. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, Distillers Company Limited, the answer to Diageo. Um, the reason they were allowed to get away with buying and closing so many distilleries, both in Scotland and in Northern Ireland. Uh, was the way they legally defended themselves was on the back of the Patterson fraud. And they said, well, we're trying to control the stuff. Basically, the, the Patterson fraud was made possible because there was so much, after the column still came on top, there was so much actual product out there yeah. that no tabs on it. And William Ross, head of DCL, said, we're stopping this from happening a second time. And they were legally allowed to get away with it. Yeah. And it was a very selfish way of, we're stopping this because we're going to own everything outright. <laughs> we'll buy everything shut down um but that kind of crack was 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 facilitated uh yeah. by on the back of this and then dcl became the, the basic the monolith of the 20th century scotch whiskey industry yeah and and you know and in many ways still continues to be absolutely so again yeah. it's it's you know there's a huge when you look at the domino effect of of that particular fraud you know um i don't think irish distilling has ever had uh, in the it, unless you count the fact that like the Patterson the fraud did affect Ulster, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, again, but, yeah, it, it, it's the same as everyone else. Do your homework, have a check, 
do you you know do you do you, your due diligence if if someone's coming in and telling you you're going to make twelve hundred percent profit in fifteen months you're not okay you're not you you may make some money if you do it right and i mean the likes of uh, the the, the Heinstein's there you're buying casks they're going to look after them for you normally if you really want to take the romance out of it it gives them a bit of cash and going forward if you want to make some money sell it back to the distillery you can do this this is this is well known but don't don't fall for the the, the... oh i mean it's not like we don't have plenty of irish Patterson's going around now, you know. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who you could mean. <laughs> I, I was in Texas last year when uh, there was a a, a, a a cease and desist sort of order. I think, I think that's what it was. I sent out to a company who were telling people they could make vast profits on fast investments. But yeah, um, I, I can't. I won't divulge or say anything. In case, in case well, our, our <laughs> this fundraiser was the Whiskey and Poverty Club, but. Um, <laughs> Back down. Um, anyway, but yeah. yeah. Now, in terms of your, um, in terms of the creator, uh, the people who want to join, how much is it, and how do they do it? Um. So, again, there's there's a website, um, creator.ie or creature.ie, uh, or any variation. You know, it's it amazing. Creature.com was a million quid to register, whereas creature.ie was like two quid. Um, so <laughs> Creator and creature and and you know every version of probably work back to the same thing, um, and um, there's always anyway. workarounds, isn't there? There's always workarounds, you know. Yeah, um, and uh, anyway, the, on the website there's a kind of a spiel about the book and and a kind of a video of me uh, with some some soft music, kind of softening, up the <laughs> you know, face, and um, there wasn't again the old great face for radio, um, but. Um, Anything Justin, was... Justin does radio. Justin does radio. Not surprisingly, <laughs> <laughs> you bastards! You bastards! <laughs> you bastards! Yes. And uh, it's 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 two fifty to to join. And we, we try and be quite clear about it. So out of that two fifty forty is a pre sale of the book, uh, and that goes straight to to the publisher. And that's that's actually as much of it as the actual fundraising to have the that the, those pre sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest, obviously. Goes to um, goes to revenue and, and and they they cut their share and then we get what's what remains, and the rest is just expenses for travel, accommodation, not just ourselves but in quite a few of these chapters we're bringing and we brought a few Irish whiskey producers with us mm-hmm. to to Europe and and a big part of that is uh, is that kind of educational side of it um, that we we are sharing in this, and in return. Obviously, people get a a book when the book comes out. Uh, their name will be included at the back as a patron, um, unless they don't want it, in which case, you know, you'll let them have their anonymity. <laughs> you're you're wanted by the FBI or something. Don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then when the bottle comes out, so the book will come out 2026, and then the bottle will be seven years old in 2028. So when it comes out, there'll be, there'll be a bottle sent to them. Uh, those are the only bottles that you know there there will be uh full stop um you just and keep, then, you just keep the rest of the cast for yourself just have a very very old time for the the rest, you know the uh um well we'll pull from the cask as we we've, we've undersold the contents by a little bit just to make sure we can pull from it and, and not mm-hmm. and not selling bottles that that aren't there but for the for the most part the, the bottles that we're selling are the cask um and uh while we're writing the book there's kind of a series of events um, and online kind of talks that will be just for for members um and that that's again another way of a kind of adding value to the whole thing and b kind of saying thank you uh to, to people who have supported us and bring them uh, bring them along so like for instance two nights ago uh we had the first kind of informal one which was over at pierce lyons distillery and it was literally just some of the crack we pulled up while we were in europe and a talk about the early history of spirits and there'll be a more formal version of that as well but um 2024 is when when all this stuff actually starts kind of kicking off but we wanted to do something while we're still kind of wet off the boat <laughs> no I, I i saw that i couldn't get down which i, I, I wish i could have done but anyway um i was i was normally speaking working but uh yeah uh, so so what other things are exciting you at the in the whiskey world at the minute uh, I, especially irish whiskey but maybe further afield uh, what, what are you drinking this evening what, what are you on this evening what am i drinking uh i'm actually drinking Uh-oh. something from the book uh, 
Yeah. Hold it up, hold it up so we can get a good look. Breaking news, I know. Um the uh um and there's a lot of there's a lot of crack like that that a lot of it is built around projects. Um so that's that's from a project Kaloan are doing with the book. And so all the all the chapters are are um are based around again kind of production topics or cultural products or um and I I wanted to you know branch away from just kind of um pure kind of the history of the industry to kind of ancillary bits of history. So um you know for instance we're teaming up with the National Gallery uh or National Museum rather um uh about um the the Harry Clark pamphlets that were done for Jemison. Yeah you know, yeah yeah artists so stuff that would have touched the, the industry that you know is part of kind of cultural history um or or talking to farmers about kind of growing grains or or, or agricultural research and talk about agricultural kind of kind of shades of, of what it is so they're all kind of side things but one of the cultural ones uh is is a chapter called uh uh which is actually a scottish gaelic uh folk song about rowing illicit whiskey from the north coast <laughs> out to the inner hebrides uh -huh. um and uh we are we are sailing a cask of kiloan out to isla <laughs> <laughs> and uh and we are partnering with a, a distillery out there who, who confirmed a week ago um, and uh the um the idea is to to bring um bring the cask out there uh, and swap it so we, we've got it in an Irish oak cask it's, we actually laid it down a little while ago so it's it's Irish oak it was sustainably felled over in the grounds of Shane's castle uh -huh. um, and um they had dry aged oak and and we sent it over to Speyside Cooperage they did it up into actually we've got four quarter casts out of it but there's one that's the, that, that's that's being used for the project um and it's been sitting there a little while um my original plan was that we would take it out there on like a ferry boat but uh, Stuart Drennan now wants to get the Curtix Association involved. <laughs> How are either of you at, at, at going? Um, oh, yeah. just, just as a canoe. <laughs> I'm actually not too bad. I've canoed the barrel, the Shannon, and, the, um, and the van. Uh -huh. I, like you well, see, well, you do the, doing the North Sea Channel might be a slight different thing. Too, too, yeah, too rough. Too rough. Um, so, we, you know, I, again, we, we've got a, a few people on board, um, but. Um, Mick Walsh is a, is a, is a, is a rower himself. Uh, I enlisted him last week. You know, I'm getting them one by one. And uh, <laughs> all, there has to be, Stuart was saying there has to be a safety boat as well. So, you know, needless to say, yeah. I'll be on that. Um, but, uh, um, no, I, 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 I'll, I'll lend my hand as best I can. But um, the... Uh, <laughs> lend me hand as the cocks. <laughs> row, you <laughs> bastard, row. <laughs> I, I can see you sta standing there whipping them, you know, like Ben-Hur. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the idea is that, you know, we would sing the song along the way. And Michael was saying to be like, do you know how, if someone's having a bad time, you know what could make it worse? You standing over and singing at them along the way. <laughs> I could just... Oh, I could just picture this. Oh, six, six o'clock news tonight. There's been tonight. There's been a report at Exodus of people trying to escape from Larn Harbour. <laughs> man, man overboard. Man, man, man found clinging to whiskey barrel. I guess trying to get out of Brendan's hands. I'd rather drink it. There's a couple of questions come in. Connor said Ronan Russell from Blacks and Conceal is a car rower. And there David O'Toole wants to know when's the documentary coming out? <laughs> uh, the documentary, the BBC documentary, came out a few years ago. No, no, um, I think, I think, I think he thinks that I, the same as I'm oh, thinking. Are you making a documentary? The documentary about of this? the murder that will happen when they throw me over. <laughs> no, <forward>. no, <laughs> um, that's a that's that's still in planning. Um, but um, I think Netflix have bought the rights already, just preemptively. <laughs> Yeah, yes. It's, 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 on, it's on just after just after the David Beckham documentary. It's uh for yeah, no life in color. <laughs> great sea of moil murder, you know. <laughs> um, oh, but, um, no, um so the, in the new year you'll be announcing maybe some get togethers down in Dublin or are you are you going to come up head up? We'll go out, yeah. Uh, probably probably heavy on you know, Cork Dublin Belfast as kind mm -hmm. of centres. Um yeah, so but we'll we'll get around, you know. Um, honestly, I mean, I I signed up for it as soon as as soon as you, you sent the email because I, I I wouldn't want to. Admit, if you're a fan of Irish whiskey, you'd be a fool not to get 
to, to, to get involved with this because I've I've been out on the, on the piss with Fanon a couple of times. Um, the amount of knowledge you have about stuff is just incredible. Um, but it's fun. The book will be amazing. I just know it's amazing. Um, and the whole project that you'll get a bottle of whiskey that, well, it's a single cask one that is all part of a project that that is another uh, string to your bow. So yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend everybody sign up for that. Yeah, well, thank you again. That's what keeps the that we burned through the money we had in in uh, <laughs> in France. Um, yeah, yeah, all those all those crepes, rosettes, and and whatnot. Crossouts are expensive these days. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, thankfully again, you know, most of the the gargle was free, which is usually the big expense. Yeah. Um, but and and again, that was part of you know the the kind of early history. So a mix of kind of going back to the. The roots of of distillation in the West, um, and that's something that, that used to kind of sit with me for a long time. Because, as both you know, I, I originally intended to be a medievalist, and um, yeah. I didn't. I, I I actually used to live in Italy um, when I was still writing about hell. And uh, anyway, I, I was living in Florence, and I never, for once, expected to go back in a whiskey capacity yeah uh, it was a strange kind of feeling of, of going back um but no I, I think we we got a lot from it um you know. yeah yeah I, I know I always tell people that came back to Ireland via the monks and I I give I give some credit to 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 St Columbanus who sort of established if you like established that route now am I correct there's no easy way to put this, Marty. No. <laughs> um, so it's just a medical route, is it? There's, and, and this used to like, you know, I've I've done, you know, in, in undergrad, I did like Irish monastic literature, that whole mm -hmm. art acrostic poetry they wrote and this kind of stuff. And, you know, um, and look, it'd be great crack if it was, but it's, it, it's just not true. There's, there's, first of all, there's not a single piece of evidence, nothing, not one. Um, but on top of that, it's just the wrong, the wrong point of history. You know, it's, it's like when you're talking about kind of the, 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 you know, Columbanan mission and all this crap, yeah. hundreds of years before, say like, say you take the red book of Ossery, right? Early yeah. 1300s, the Columbanan mission is as far removed from that as that is from now. Right. And when, and I think historical context is just what the what the industry is missing. Is that 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 world was already long, long, long in the past. Yeah. And on top of that, um, the real spoil sport is that the the, the Red Book of Oscar isn't even about whiskey. Um, <laughs> but that's another. <laughs> um, the uh, anyway. Um, and and and, and it, but there's also you know again the, there is this more and and I've I've never liked kind of throwing stones you know it's it's easy to kind of sit on the sides and kind of sneer and and what i wanted to do with this is really okay go back to first principles um and and, and it's funny like when you look at the history of science that's where you find the real information because <laughs> a lot of the drinks books including a glass apart are quoting other drinks books and and they're kind of in an echo chamber yeah. whereas if you you know the history of distillation is the history of chemistry yeah. And when you look at that history, suddenly you're like, oh, right, first reference to ethanol, blah, 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 first this, first that, and it, and it becomes a little clearer. And I, I spent a good bit of time, uh, 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 There's a, for how little of the thesis it, it represents, I spent an enormous amount of time on the like first 10 pages because I was so determined not to fuck up. Um, and, you know, there's stuff out there, I think, um, there's a lot of, uh, do I have it with me? Um you know, there's, there's there's core books on on the history of of ethanol. It's one uh, one I always recommend to people is is by a guy named R.J. Forbes called A Brief History of the Art and Science of Distillation. Uh -huh. And just like eating sand, it's so bloody dry. <laughs> but it, it's it, you know, there's no crack in it. But it's it's honest. And when when you fall down that rabbit hole, so for instance, uh, here is this is what we went to go see, um, the Concilia Medicinalia by Tadeo Alderotti. And when you look at enough at the Red Book of Ossery um, and, and even the stuff around it, just the drinks industry doesn't know. But if you look at like the academic, I mean, the Red Book of Ossery is a fascinating 
document. I mean, it contains a bloody copy of the Magna Carta. It's it's <laughs> it's important for reasons that have nothing to do with whiskey. Yeah, you know, and um, and so there's a lot written about it. Uh, and when I started contacting those guys, the the kind of living expert on the Red Book of Austria is a guy named Reverend Adrian MP. Um, and he's a, he's a he's a canon uh, kind of C of I uh, Reverend. And and I met with him and and talked about you know, this kind of stuff. And and the further, like that story is, for me, far more fascinating than what we get told. Um, and anyway, this, the Concilia was written in 1280. It's the first use of the phrase aqua vita. Okay. Now there's aqua ardens, which is an older phrase. Uh, and that's that's from about a hundred years before. The, the first references to that are in the, yeah. the 1100s, but nothing close to the kind of, you know, monastic guard we get told. Well, um, and then it, it's about, piecing all that kind of crack together, whether it be kind of Greco-Arabic distilling history or yeah. European and whiskey exists in context, you know. Do you know, is that book uh, available online in Google? Can you get that for free online in Google, that one? This, no, I had to get, this is a edition from the, well, I got it online in the sense that I had to go find it. Uh, this isn't, it wasn't expensive, but it was kind of hard to come by. Right, right. But this was from the 1930s, this edition. I had to cut it with a razor, you know, it still had like pages that were bound together. <laughs> um, the, um, and, um, but again, it's, it's, it's all out there, you know, like, like the X-Files, the truth is out there, you know. Well, the, um, thing, the thing about science is they have to document it accurately. So it's repeatable, you know, whereas, yeah. I mean, history or, or, or sort of, well, let's be honest, religion and so on and so forth. Uh, it's open to interpretation, shall we say. So, mm. I mean, with, with, with science, um, I heard a philosopher once saying about the, the difference between theology uh, and, and, and science was that if you wiped out humanity barring two people or whatever and they started a, a population, religion would come into it, but it would look nothing like what it is today. Science would have to be exactly the same because that's the point. Um, so I suppose when you put it like that, science has to... But I'm going to, I, I am probably going to continue... For a while, until I read your book, I'm going to just bullshit and say it as <laughs> the monks. But it's it's funny. A lot of and a lot of it comes. You know, I don't think. I mean, nobody enjoys being wrong. I've been wrong no, no. plenty of times in my life. You know, and I don't. Ju you know, Justin was right once. <laughs> <laughs> what I've always said is, is, I'm not out to say everybody's wrong or this or that. I, I just want to kind of present the research as, and and a lot of it is is so. For instance, one that comes up. An awful lot is this crack, the Annals of Climate Noise. Um, so I went out and bought the Annals of Climate Noise. And uh, <laughs> page two, you find out, you know, and this is the, the kind of leading scholarly introduction. They say, oh, yes, as everybody knows, the Annals of Climate Noise was misnamed in the 1660s by a guy named James Ware, <laughs> who saw the word Climate Noise on one page and said, ah, this is, must have been written here. <laughs> That's nothing to do with comic noise. <laughs> and, and the, the whiskey industry has been repeating this for God knows how long. <laughs> and it, 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 so that's a very startling example where I thought, oh, right. It just Did nobody ever perk up and go like, oh, well, I'll, I'll go find that myself and I'll, I'll take a gander. Yeah. And then you, you see, you know, and then again, uh, it's it's a strange, you know. And then you find out like the, the line in the animals of comic noise is in like a... Ugh, a handful of other Irish annals as well. It's in the annals of Loch Kay, it's in the annals of Connacht. It's just a repeated line. It's all over the place. Yeah, uh, it's nothing to do with the monastery or this and that. And you know, it's it's um, uh, again. Um, are you are you are you suggesting the church took credit for stuff that may not have been factually accurate as well? I you've you've dispelled the Irish myth that we've done that and done everything all around the world, and the, 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 that the various churches. You know one. You'll be you'll be you'll be saying you'll be you'll be saying that the fairy tale in New York. You'll be saying he's an English public schoolboy next. You <laughs> will. You'll be saying that next. <laughs> and at the end, my PD choir don't actually sing any of them. Look at struck down here. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's a precarious position to be in. But again, there there is you know so like when you look at. What is there? Okay, so and and it's funny. There's there's some good sources out there. I, I if anyone hasn't read Dave Wondridge's recent, um, Oxford Companion to Spirits and Cocktails, that for me is 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 in terms of like easy access consultation, uh, a, a great source for 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 you know how quick you can get to some of these stuff because it's written like an academic 
publication, but it's quite short and it's quite succinct. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Irish bit on, uh, is a kind of a sore thumb, and I, I say on record, I think that should do with a bit of correcting, but the rest is great. Um, but that's that's just it. Uh, it 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 um, there is there is stuff out there when you look at the history of spirits, and so okay, when we when we take away the kind of easy to tell stories, you're talking about the what, what sometimes called, and this is where the kind of medievalist background for me used to come was was like I I knew enough about this kind of part of history in general that a lot of this stuff didn't add up, and that, that that's not right, and this is you know this is this, and anyway, there's a, there's a weird period in the 1100s it's called the little renaissance yeah uh, almost like the little ice age and uh there was the reintroduction into europe of um greek medicine via the arabic world so funnily enough a lot of greek learning survived in in the middle east yeah, rather yeah. than in europe and you get a lot of so like galen and hippocrates and all these kind of sources come back into europe and they come with arabic kind of uh additions to them avicenna and these lads and a lot of that clusters around the Mediterranean and it's it's no and distilling comes with it. And it's no surprise that the first kind of European references. So the, the very first reference in Europe, there's two of them uh, to to clear, explicit references to distilled ethanol, beverage alcohol. Um, one is this thing called a map of clavicula, which is this bizarre text written in code about specialized trades you know how to make glass how to do this how to do that and the map of clavicula actually goes on for there's a lot of versions of it but it's only in the 12th century that the map of clavicula starts starts including uh how to distill wine and it, it says wine and salt distilled in the vessel used for this business it's all very kind of secretive uh will produce a water that burns you know and and, yeah. and again you know that it's new because they don't want people to know and then the the, the other one that is is the Compendium Salernitanum, and that's a, a fascinating document. Uh, and it was it was published by a guy named Enrico de Renzi uh, in the late nineteenth century. And it was it was actually lost during World War Two, uh, during during the Blitz. Um, it used to be called the Breslau Codex because it was, despite the fact that it's from Salerno in south of Italy, the, again towering, really where a lot of the Arabic medical tradition came into uh, into Europe was through Salerno. Um, for a number of reasons, but one of the big uses is that they allowed non-Christian teachers. So you had yeah. Jewish medicine, you had Arabic medicine, you had a lot of stuff kicking around. Um, that, would have, that would have been a very strange thing. That must have been very progressive for the for that time, surely. Go on. Enormously. So like the myth, you know, one, one of the things we stuck up for the fundraisers was Eric and Michael and myself under a, an aqueduct. And, uh, and that'll... Be in seen, the book. Seen, seen the picture, but that's because the mafia controlled everything and they allowed everybody in. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's a there's a, a very but it, you know the, the myth of the founding of Salerno was that um it's almost like a pub joke. Four doctors, you know, a Jewish, an Arabic, a Roman, and a Greek doctor all met under the arch and each had a problem, an, an illness that the other one knew how to fix, you know. But it's a metaphor for the kind of confluence of cultures in the Mediterranean. <laughs> I can see the three of you standing on below going. Yeah. Do you fancy a pint? No, I want a burger. <laughs> the, um, you need to change your tried, shoe. Yeah, we tried to do it, you know, but again, none of us, none of us look sufficiently exotic. None of us look Italian or Arabic or, you know, the... Uh, yeah, right, right, which one of you is pretending to be the Arab? We're not allowed to do that. Yeah, these no, days. That's no, yeah. Um, I don't want to get cancelled before the book even starts. <laughs> Some horrible garish pantomime of, you know. The, um, I, can just, I can just see this. <laughs> all standing there like, right. We, we, we can't see any impressions. Sure, we can't. No. <laughs> yeah. But again, um, it, there is this this kind of line of descent that you see happen. And, and certainly, like, across Europe, you know, so originally the term is aqua ardens, burning water. And then it's, it's, it's this document that seems to be first for, for aqua vita specifically and then quickly after this there's you know the uh, salerno's kind of big descendant institutions were bologna and montpellier these two big medical schools and you see a lot of stuff come out of them um and you get these people like arnaldus de villanova and these various kind of luminaries all late 12 1200s all late 13th century early or and then early 13 1300s so like to give you an idea of, of that kind of interlinking when you go to armagnac they tell you Armagnac is the oldest spirit in Europe, blah, blah, blah. And they go on about Vital de Four. And they say, oh, the first reference to Armagnac is in 1310. Um, and he talks about Aqua Vita. Um, and A, 
that's not about Armagnac any more than the Red Book of Ossery is about whiskey. And B, they're actually copies of the same text. <laughs> <laughs> and what we wanted to do was kind of tell that more organic story. That, well, it's the history of spirits, you know, and, and whiskey only later differentiates it. You're talking about process and raw materials. And raw materials comes later. And that's mm-hmm. just about where you happen to be. If you're in Normandy and you have apples to hand, you make Calvados. Yeah. But Aquavita is, is distillation. And for me, it was important to begin the book there, not just because it's the beginning of the history, but to bring it in that kind of elemental sense back to first principles and say, well, what is whiskey? Whiskey history didn't happen in a vacuum and yeah. whiskey doesn't exist in a vacuum. And I, I, go on. I don't think, I don't think the, uh, you've got uh, to worry about uh, anybody but the marketing people. The marketing people are not going to like you when, when this comes out. They're they're definitely not. The PR people might be after you too as well because you're, you're, you're going to evaporate all their myths. But he's a big enough support to be all right. Don't worry. <laughs> I know, whiskey, yeah. Whiskey Mafia will come after you. Whiskey <laughs> Mafia is too busy selling casks for 1,500% interest. But the, the actual fans will always, be, always have been owned by us. Always 100% sure. Um, as I could talk to you all night, swear, but you know that. Um, to, to sign up to it, Justin's going to put the link up. Um, how many more places are available? We've only sold 40%, so we... So, <laughs> begging man and bowl in hand. Guys, guys, it's, too honestly, bad. It's, only, it's only just out. It's only just Honestly, right. anyone who's an interest in Irish whiskey, anyone who's an interest in just general history, and if, if, if you want... I'll tell you this now. I know loads of people are always going about the investment thing. I was going about the, the, the SMWS earlier on and, and, and Hinch doing the cast stuff. If you want a bottle to flip and you want to be part of something fun before it comes out, sign up to, to that. I promise you now, because you'll not go wrong with it. Or that, 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 It's a fantastic project. The project you've done with Bilwan, I, I honestly think in the last couple of years, it was easily the best thing I've done. Um, just to taste the night with a new make. I can't wait for the stuff to come out you've done with Bowan. I genuinely can't. Um, and all the stuff that you do, uh, I, you know, I think you're absolutely amazing. Uh, and we're so lucky to have you. So lucky to have you in the Irish whiskey industry. But we're going to cut it and say good night, my friend, all right? Good night. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll good catch night. up again very, very soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, no problem at all. No problem at all. All right. <laughs> There we go. Right. See you later, guys. Cheers. Take care.